0: Welcome to CEO TerrainMaker, a practical small business educational podcast designed to increase an owner's executive skills, raise profits, and achieve long-term sustainability. And now your host, Gene Valdez.
1: Episode number 47, cyber attacks are losses insurable. When you own a business, you are exposed to all kinds of risk. Most of it is insurable, especially if your out-of-pocket losses could be catastrophic. In episode number 18, our topic was IT and cybersecurity, and my guest expert was Ryan Kinzer. Ryan did a good overview of how hackers do their dirty deeds, but what we did discuss is whether a small business owner can get insurance to mitigate Cyber attack losses. My guest expert today is Chris Hodson, owner of a general insurance company called The Brokerage, and he is here to address this topic. By the way, Chris is a returnee guest. He was also an expert on a previous show dedicated to reducing workers' comp insurance expenses, which was very, very well received. So, Chris, Welcome back. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, Gene. Thank you for allowing me back. Awesome. So, Chris, let's uh, get right into it. Can you just give me a guesstimate of the losses and expenses small business owners incur due to cyber attacks annually?
0: That's a very interesting question. I haven't seen data on that, but I will say there's probably two groups that are tied to cyber and cyber losses: those that have had losses, and those that will have losses at some point.
1: <laughs> what I hate to of a... testament!
0: But there you go. Now, Gene, is it in the billions? Gene, Give me some latitude on, on the future. The future can be, you know, over the next 10 years plus. So I'm not saying this is something that that owners uh, have to you know, lose sleep tonight about. Right.
1: OK. OK. So let's peel the onion a little bit. What type of cyber liability claims are you seeing now? And how does insurance cover or address these claims?
0: Okay, I would say the preponderance of the claims that my clients and other other clients in the commercial middle market are experiencing are related to social engineering. And social engineering is a situation where a person will get tricked into providing payments or providing information. So that social engineering can something as simple as, let's say, one of your a small business has a supplier that they pay every month and they get an email from the supplier supposedly from the supplier saying, hey, our bank information changed. So instead of paying Union Bank, you're gonna pay you know Bank of America in Houston and here's our new routing number. And the business owner will change the accounting information and send off the payment thinking they've responded to the, the correct payment for their their supplier. And then the supplier will notify them and say, we never got your payment. And that's when they they discover that they were tricked into making a legitimate payment to an illegitimate source.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so can a small business owner obtain coverage or is it only for big companies? And if the little guys can do it. What might it cost? What are the premiums based on? Is there a formula? I mean, how do you gurus work this one?
0: So, great question. So, yes, this coverage is available for all. It's interesting. It's a relatively new coverage form. This is a new area of risk that business owners face. So, like anything, oftentimes the coverage is evolving, and underwriters and the insurance companies are figuring out what's the best way to provide the services that will protect businesses and how can we do it profitably? We meaning the insurance company. So it's something that's that's ever changing. For instance, one of the programs that my firm has been working with extensively for the last say two years is a program, I guess I can name them, it's not a problem, it's called Wingman. And that's hey. the name of, <laughs> of the program. They are a like a managing general agent that has insurance backing from an insurance company. And they were providing fairly robust coverage at a fairly nominal price. And by nominal, it depends on the size of the business. It depends on their volume of sales and that sort of thing. But to give you an idea, we were able to secure a million dollars of coverage for some smaller clients at uh, something close to a thousand dollars a year sort of premium level oh, and, that's and all. Up from there. Yeah. So it was, it was, was fairly economical for a smaller business. We actually did a, one or two deals where it was, you know, in the, in the high hundreds from a premium standpoint, Gene, I'm afraid those days have kind of gone, gone by the wayside because the insurance companies have really started to take a lot of losses.
1: Okay. That was my next question. Are the insurance companies making money on it? Do we see this on the horizon or it's just like buyer beware? You take care of your own shop. We're not here to bail you out.
0: Yeah. So there's definitely some upward pressure on premiums. Again, as these underwriters figure out how to navigate this market, And again, how to provide that coverage at at a reasonable expense for the business owners.
1: Okay, but at least today it is available. Absolutely. And and it sounds like it's reasonably affordable. So but that doesn't mean that could be permanent. But that's that's a good sign. So, Chris, what can companies do to prevent cyber liability? Yeah. So there's several things.
0: First and foremost, I would point to common sense. I would I would make sure that every business owner has uh, stringent accounting practices that says anytime any banking or electronic payments information is adjusted just make certain that the information is from a you know a, a trusted source and that trusted source can't be over the the email anymore because there are people that are able to hack into an email so it could be a legitimate email that's coming in by an illegitimate source. So so every business owner should have stringent accounting practices for their whomever is setting up the banking information to make certain that they pick up the phone and make certain that the invoice that I received from Gene Mm -hmm. is Gene's correct bank information. And it's Gene who's saying, yes, Chris, this is the way we need to get paid.
1: Okay, so is there such a thing that cyber liability insurance underwriters and I realize this is a new phenomenon that they may deem a company is really sloppy with their information and they're not going to insure them, whereas somebody else runs a tight ship, has all kinds of checks and balances and say, okay, we can provide coverage for them. Is there that does that go on?
0: Absolutely. Great question. And I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because there's a there's a couple things that most cyber liability companies are absolutely mandating now and it's just good risk management practices so cyber insurance companies require now that companies have what's called multi-factor authentication okay. Multi, multi-factor authentication is something that's it's provided by Outlook Microsoft 365 if you have that you know that software that email system it's an option in there and it basically requires that if a new device is introduced to a system for instance a business owner gets a new iPad and does work remotely with the iPad before that iPad can sync in with the email system There would have to be another form of authentication. For instance, a text message needs to be sent to the business owner in order to register that iPad, just so that anyone, not just anyone, can log into a system. That's the first thing called, again, multi-factor authentication. The second, you know, sort of bare bone requirement that insurance companies require is cloud
1: backup. Okay. 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 All right. So then any member of my audience is interested in securing that kind of coverage. Is it fair to say that their current agent knows that it's aware of, or could it be there's some agents that don't even know that this coverage exists and they may have to shop a little bit or find some an agent or a company that does it?
0: I would expect that most agents have some degree of familiarity with cyber now, because, you, I mean, you can't, you can't go anywhere without hearing about cyber losses. So I would expect that someone who's actually a commercial insurance broker that's licensed would have resources for it, either direct with insurance companies or through wholesale access.
1: Okay. Okay. So we're almost at the end of the show, uh, Chris, is there anything that we haven't already discussed that you've responded to that you would throw under the category of a pearl of wisdom under the umbrella of cyber attack losses, uh, proactive behavior, or have you pretty much covered it already?
0: I would just add that again, it's a really important area. You've got very sophisticated, large companies that are getting breached. Now, granted, those companies are targets, right? A typical small business wouldn't necessarily be targeted but it's a huge cyber cyber theft and uh, cyber crimes is a huge industry and i'm absolutely certain that they have computers that are working around the clock trying to identify targets for cyber so one thing it's it's everywhere i think it's something that companies can't avoid but then the other thing is make certain that when someone does get a quote from their broker for cyber the, the cyber policy covers first-party losses, out-of-pocket, covers third-party liability. If there's a third party that says, hey, because of a breach in your system, right. we Got were it. harmed, number two. And then number three, make certain that there's robust coverage for social engineering. Sometimes that social engineering may not be included, Or if it is included, it may have a lower sublimit than, say, a million dollar limit that's on the policy.
1: Awesome, Chris. Well, thanks. We've run out of time, but I'm going to um, put all of your contact info on, on this show's notes. And it's always a pleasure speaking with you. So we'll talk to you on the trail.
0: Gene, thanks so much. All the success.
1: All right. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. So that's a wrap, listeners. We'll see you next week. If you like the show, leave a favorable review and subscribe. Next Monday, September 12th, topic will be changing careers. How to pivot featuring Shelly Harrison, a highly successful business owner. Tune in. You'll really enjoy Shelly. So that's a wrap. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.
0: This has been CEO Terrainmaker with Jean Valdez. To find out more, like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. If you have questions, email the show. Find that link and others in the show notes. Thanks for listening and join us again next time.